Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. to the the show where perhaps we've bitten off a, a little bit more than we can chew uh where we decided to cover the entire fucking uh n1 tournament but we're continuing <laughs> to to chug on through like the the little tank engine of a podcast that is uh grown men watch the n1 tournament yeah close enough <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, Grumman watched this shit. Yeah. This shit be the N1 tournament. Mm, mm. Yes. I, um, I'm proud of us, guys. We, uh, we're, we're, we're at the tail end here. Uh, we're, we're, this is our, our third show on this. Uh, I don't know if many people had confidence in us that we wouldn't just do one or two shows <laughs> and then stop. Um, and then not do another podcast for six months, but we're we're still going here. Uh, we're up to show number six at this point. So fucking, I'm gonna just just fucking Barry Horowitz style pat myself on the back, okay? Me too. Shout out to Barry Horowitz. Easily the greatest jobber of all time, in my opinion. Strong. I, I would have to go with WCW's The Gambler myself, Ooh. but uh, Barry is probably the most uh, notable jobber in history. I'd say so. Have you ever seen his non-jobber work? Was his name like Jack Hart or something like that? I think his name was Bret Hart. Like, just completely separate to the other to the other Bret Hart. Something well, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look this up. But yeah, like in uh, Memphis, I was watching like a bunch of Memphis wrestling and you get to see him just as like a wrestler and like he was really good. So yeah, I'm a bit, uh, a little bit sad for him that uh, he got got stuck being a jobber. I'd assume that's probably just pro wrestling's um, racism towards Jews uh, throughout time that was responsible (laughs) for that. And he was both Bret Hart and Jack Hart, so pat on the back for both of us there, Chris. Hey, you look at us go with our obscure <laughs> trivia that no one gives a fuck about. Yeah. Not a one. Not a one. We uh, we just for your listeners at home, you missed out on a fantastic little back and forth um, about what we were discussing football, uh, different countries' football. We have our, our Australian Rules Grand Final uh, coming up tomorrow here in Australia. We're talking about that, we're talking some Gaelic football. It was a fantastic discussion. I wish you could have been there for it. <laughs> I probably shouldn't even told them it was so good. No, now they're really no, I want to so give them the blue balls. <laughs> hey, uh, the next thing we should review after we're done with this N1 is, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it, but there's a show on IWTV called The Master Wrestler. I don't know if I told you about this last time we had the show, but it's a sh- essentially eight wrestlers all wearing um, which could basically like Tijuana versions of Abismo Negro masks, but mm-hmm. a different color. Mm-hmm. And they're all dressed in head to toe in black and they have different 
names, like they're not actually working under their real names, and you have to guess who these master wrestlers are. They'll Ooh. wrestle a match, kind of like the match singers, and basically the concept. And at the end, the loser gets unmasked, and we find out who this guy is under the mask. I think it looks like a lot of fun. One of the guys' <laughs> name is a uh, Barf. That's his, his nickname when he's wearing this mask. It's fucking. It looks hella entertaining, man. That sounds just very strange, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, eight masked wrestlers all competing, and uh, whoever wins the tournament gets an IWTV championship ship shot. Championship. Like ICP. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's really fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, that but sounds interesting. I, I mean, we definitely have to fucking cover the, the David Arquette documentary. Like that's a thing. Oh, Put sure. a pin in that. Um, I mean, we after this show, because uh, for our listeners at home, we're, we're covering nights uh, six and seven uh, officially of the N one today, and then um, following that, we'll we'll have the the big finale, the final night that uh, we'll cover on the next episode. Um, we also have uh, Muhammad Yone's disco celebration for twenty years in uh, in wrestling. Uh, that, that sounds like it was quite delightful. So I'd like to watch that and talk about it. Um, so, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff on the horizon. How about that? Yay. Hmm. What else have you guys been up to? Uh, not too much here because we're still in uh, a stage three to four lockdown at the moment. Mm-hmm. So basically we're allowed to go now. Instead of five k's from a house, we're allowed to go twenty five k's. Mm-hmm. And meet yeah, that was a pretty people, big thing. Only only two different households up for still five people. So, mum and man caught up in Port Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping, I think, after because of the AFL Grand Final, they don't want people to have parties and go crazy and all this stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to announce the next re- releasing releasing of the restrictions till um, Sunday after it. You gotta believe so that a lot of like that. Tigers fans and shit are getting together to, to watch the grand final though, and like not listening to those rules. I would assume. Oh, I would assume there's definitely quite a few people who are doing it. Who are going to break the rules? There's always been people breaking rules throughout the whole time, anyway. I mean, do you like, think no you're going to get a bit of a setback because of these fuckos? No, the case numbers are down to like the last week. It's been like one or two a day, so it's like yeah, it's barely good. anything. So it's pretty much back to where we originally were when we came out of the stage three and went into like living our lives for like before that before security guard started fucking the people in yeah, before. <laughs> with the COVID in the hotel fuck that story's hilarious did you hear about this Jeremy? Oh. no oh Ben so, please so, so basically one of the private security guards was employed to monitor the people who were returning travels in those quarantine hotels mm. had been had been allegedly having getting sexual favours to let them out and take them around the city and, like, the markets and stuff. So this went on for a period of weeks and it's, um, it got to the point where it was so far in the community that it's about ten times worse than it ever was originally. <laughs> so basically went so everyone went back into these fucking restrictions just because this dude getting his rocks off. It's, he became a super spreader. Spread those cheeks. More just more than one guy. I think it was also like a manager of one of the places was in, got infected and then went to multiple of these 
hotels and it's just the amount of dumb people there were it was just went crazy that's insane so, yeah. yeah so basically we're living like nuns because of some fucking morons <laughs> yeah comparatively we're having a great so, time up here in brisbane we've got had our numbers no no uh cases in a while uh we're allowed to travel a little bit uh we're even allowed to go in, into um new south wales like uh, the the sort of um surrounding town so i had a, a lovely little trip uh down to um down to um Fuck, Mullumbimby, uh, yeah, that sort of Byron Bay area. The hinterlands. Yeah, the hinterlands, which is fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, we ended up uh, going to because uh, we we had like camper van for this trip, and like the early part Ooh. of the trip was a fucking nightmare, honestly, because it's just like. I think we were kind of clashing because of me not being a planner and Amy very much being a planner. So it kind of like came to a head and was just like a fucking disaster, like for the first two thirds of the trip um, to the point where we like almost went home because it was like that bad. Um, and then it's sort of like we, we came back and we had a sweet like comeback, like in a pro wrestling match uh, when we were in Stanthorpe. I was making like this nice little campfire and Amy like came out and yeah, we had a nice little time from then on, went to some wineries and such. Uh, but yeah, so when we were down in this um, Mullumbimby area, we had the camper van and and that was a learning experience for me as well. When you have a camper van, like you can't just fucking pull over on the side of the road wherever you want and spend the night and grab a coffee. Yeah, oh yeah, grab a coffee. Yeah, uh, like it, apparently you you'll get fucking fined and shit, especially like some popular yeah. traveling areas. So you really have to like plan this out and work out places yeah. where you can stop, places that stop. aren't patrolled. You have to read websites and shit. Um, yeah, I, I mean heard about that in America. Yeah, we've gone through the national parks. It's like you're only allowed to park the RVs or the in certain spots. If you take them on the main route, you can get done. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know this. Mm. So that was again part of the fucking explosion of a thing that it was for a while. <laughs> um, but then, so we worked out in in Stanthorpe onwards. I started kind of like booking um, like sort of campground areas, which is a far better oh, idea. Whoa. So we. You were booking things? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, this... wasn't a wrestling show? This is just unheard of. Hey, unheard I, of. I do a decent amount of planning when we have our fucking American and Japanese trips, good sir. Japanese, you did do quite a lot of planning, I must admit. Especially when we went to that traditional um, onsen mm-hmm, and stayed mm-hmm. the night at that place. Yep. I do Americans have the ability do... to plan. Like, I'm not, don't oh, do it all the time, oh. but... I know you definitely have an ability, but you normally go with a flow type of guy. It's just, yeah. let's see what the day comes of the day. 100%. And that have, was my approach to this trip, which is very tomorrow. much against the way Amy would approach it. <laughs> but then yeah, he just he proved you were a man and made a sweet fire, and then it was, everything was better. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it. That's entirely what turned it around. Showed off your manly quality. Oh my God, look at him, he's such a man. The funny part, though, is when I was, like, trying to make this fire, like, I couldn't even, like, get the fire going, and then I was just so completely <laughs> defeated. I'm like, I can't even start this fire, and I was almost, like, crying trying to fucking start this didn't fire. 
Didn't you just have a lighter and you split the... Or you actually went hardcore and used matches or the rubbing of the sticks together? Well, I had a lighter, but at the <laughs> same time, like, it's quite difficult when you're, on a, when you're on a lakefront and it's, like, quite windy because to a point the wind will help you, like, because, you know, it'll... it'll get it going, yeah. but in other ways yeah. it'll blow it out. Oxygen. So you really have to kind of like build the infrastructure of it, I found. You have to shield it. Yeah. You have to get the, the kindling to a right point. You have to sort of like protect that kindling and build like a teepee around it. Mm. I worked this shit out. Like I was there for a fucking hour getting this fire started. <laughs> and and it was, let me tell you, from the place where I was at, it was so fucking rewarding. Like when I actually got it going, like I was honestly, like even though I was not even doing it with like fucking you know twizzling a stick or whatever or with a slate i was just doing it with a with a lighter but i was like so bloody happy with myself when i got this fire going (laughs) and yeah that was that was where the whole trip turned around so fucking there you go guys um but yeah so we were ended up staying in like campgrounds from that point forward booked a campground in uh, this this Mullumbimby area or not too far from it and then we got there like the one in Stanthorpe was fucking beautiful but this one in Mullumbimby was kind of just like staying in a shitty caravan park where you're like really close together like packed in like fucking sardines we um were like put not far from a highway so you could just see the highway so we like use their facilities and we're like fuck it let's go back to the national park break those rules and uh we ended up like yeah spending the night like parked up at this this national park with this like fucking scenic beautiful cliff top lookout um Ooh. not another Making soul fires, there. breaking the rules no wonder <laughs> shit he's so manly oh that, but it was scary because it's like there's not a single light around you can just hear like the animal noises and you can sort of like feel like sort of different animals drop kinda, like looking at you oh all sorts of drop bears you don't don't get me started on those drop bears lousy with drop bears <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was like a really nice night like just breaking the rules spending the night in this national park and then like waking up to like the, the sunrise against this like waterfall cliff face um and so i was out there for the the sunrise and then these other dudes like who apparently live nearby and were also camping in the park came and then we just had the most beautiful time like me and this like couple uh just sharing like coffee out of this their thermos and just like <laughs> smoking their weed like they had a joint and like we just had like the nicest little like communal bonding experience you were sharing weed during a fucking pandemic you're a fucking yeah. maniac <laughs> <laughs> this is the blase attitude that we have to it in yeah. Brisbane. <laughs> where, where was Amy while this was going on? Uh, she wanted to watch the, the sunrise, but she was a bit lax on it. So rather than actually being up for like the real, you know, that like real sort of beautiful part where like the sun just pops yeah. over. Like that's sort of the part I got to see. And then by the time she kind of like got up, probably like a uh, half hour, 40 minutes later, like it was sort of, it was still nice, but it was like sort of on its on its way up. Um, so yeah, she was she was having a bit of a sleep in while I had this like just lovely bonding uh, moment with this couple, just having a nice little smoke. Yeah, that was the best part of, of my trip right there. Turn into a cuckolding session. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have to unfortunately uh, bookend the story with another boring of doing nothing due to quarantine to stay at home 
not doing jack shit. Uh, I worked on a lot of art and watched a lot of TV recently. That's, well, that's good. Exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see you're working away on that um, wrestling uh, comic thing, the graphic yep, novel deal. coming along. It should yep. be releasing soon. Uh, coming up with some more characters. Yeah, it's interesting that you're creating characters. That's a cool kind of thing. Like, with a lot of wrestling comics that I love, it's like, you know, leveraging existing characters and stuff. But, like, you're creating wrestling characters, which I feel is uh, admirable. Yeah, the whole book is full of original characters. The basic story evolves around uh, this guy named Kevin and his girlfriend, and she uh, ends up beating him for the championship in the first book. Uh, Uh, Yeah, it goes on from there. Ooh. Yep, yep. We have this one group uh, called the Legion of Lucha, which is, you know, LOL. They're two internet trolls. I don't know if I told you guys about this, but it was uh, Misogynistico and Snyder Fan 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Misogynistico is in the book. I, a, a stupid character I made up jokingly when I said some uh, offensive shit that people deemed me misogynistic. I created Misogynistico, and now he's on his own comic book characters. That is so funny because I remember probably one of our first ever interactions when we were in line at PWG and I said something misogynistic and you were like, oh, misogynistic over here. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I like this guy. (laughs) Yep. Snyder fans is a big fat internet troll, like a guy, a keyboard warrior. And then, yeah, misogynistic, it's hilarious. He has you know, the male symbol on his chest, but it's, like, got a cross through it, so it looks like it's, you know, like, saying no, and then there's a female symbol on the inside. It's it's pretty fucking great. That's pretty deep. <laughs> Layers going on with all of yes. the characters here. But, yeah, I, I bet in, uh, another character, we're going to do, like, a, uh, a Russian uh, gimmick, but we're going to do it with kind of a twist. He doesn't know he's a Russian sleeper cell until the bell rings. Oh. Then he turns into, like, this Russian gimmick. Like Zoolander style? Yep, yep. And then we also have a wrestling bear, but the twist, he's actually like a super intelligent, smart, like, uh, map-based grappling bear. So it's... <laughs> everyone's gonna assume he's gonna be like this really just regular animal bear that fights with power, but no, he's gonna be using drop toeholds and shit. Nice. So, you know, you know which way I thought you were gonna go with that, where you're like, but here's the thing, the wrestling bear... <laughs> It's almost like mm. this wrestling promotion's like, all right, go get the wrestling bear, and like they have to recruit, and then the person's like, all right, whatever, and then they actually recruit like one of those like hairy gay dudes, like of like the bear oh, subculture Chris. community. Twenty twenty. I feel like this would be amusing. <laughs> <laughs> we do also have a, a character who's like a a game hunter poacher character who rides a rhino to the ring. <laughs> so this thing's whole fucking crazy like it's almost hyper realistic where they're like treating it like it's a real fight but also goofy and silly like there's gonna be a snake man who spits it at him so yeah a lot of fun yeah nice nice um yeah i'm doing getting back to to doing a bit of the art things now that i've finished this uh this that book illustration deal where i had to do the hundred um 
you know greatest bloody wrestling matches thing oh yeah uh so that was a fucking experience of getting through all of that um there definitely points where it was just like a an, an obligation but then it sort of came back to being a passion project so i was like an interesting thing but i'm glad i did it and i feel like i'm a, a better um illustrator uh, because of it, and, like I look back on like the early ones that I did, and I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> I almost wanted to like fix them up, like because of sort of the journey through, from the the start oh. to the end. So, sure. but I, I didn't uh, like purposely because I was like, no, no, that's it is what it is. You said it, Clark. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was um that was actually a really good experience, even though it was like quite the challenge through it. Um, and yeah, so now, um, apparently the book's being finalized. I'm gonna do the <coughs> cover, um, as well. I don't know what who the cover is going to be licensed as or whatever. I think, um, hybrid shoot, we're, we're trying to approach like a specific wrestler, um, because apparently for the cover, you have would have to get like rights or something. So, um, we'll see how that goes. I don't know who I'm going to be doing on this cover yet, but I'll, I'll keep you all posted. Um, and obviously, I'm really excited for when it actually comes out. Um, other than that, yeah, sort of trying to get back into a bit of the art stuff. Um, Amy's daughter, it was her birthday. And I decided to paint a skateboard for her because she really wanted a new skateboard. And this fucking nine-year-old kid is just like a huge fan of Bob Ross, which I fucking love. I feel like that's the coolest thing in the world because I love Bob Ross. Um, So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to paint Bob Ross on this skateboard. And I did, and she just, like, loved it ridiculously. So that, that went well. I'll be posting that on the old uh, Instagram coming up shortly, so stay tuned there. But, yeah, just having fun sort of getting back into some art projects that are not necessarily uh, wrestling's 100 wrestling bloodiest up. wrestling matches. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So I feel yeah, like man. that's a good little little intro of what we've been doing. Our bullshit talk that we have every episode. Twenty two minutes worth. Fucking good. I got us. one more thing. What do you got? I got, a, I got an awesome text message today. Ooh. Well, actually, <laughs> let's say it was actually somebody slid in my DMs today. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Dave Turner from the tag team The Bash Bros up here hit me up about potentially coming in as their manager. Oh, you're going you're gonna to be the, the, what was it, the influencer, the like social media guy to get their social media presence up and going? Or are you doing something different? I don't know where I'm doing that. He, said, he asked me if I want to be their Paul Ellering to their uh, road warriors, and I go, oh, sure, Ooh. yeah, I do, I do want to do that. You'll have to get pretty fucking buff to be Paul Ellering. He was like wrestling's <laughs> most jacked manager of all time, in my opinion. You haven't seen me, dude. I've been working since quarantine started. I've been just straight <laughs> lifting weights. Just like prison Ooh. style. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm swole. <laughs> yeah, who knows what will come from that? Uh, you know, That's fun. Something may not come from it. I probably should not have said anything. You know what? Cut this. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. We're editing, editing it out, guys. If uh, if it doesn't get edited out, I'm um, I'm gonna blame it on the um, the the fucking intern at Grown Men. If if they don't do it, blame it fucking... <laughs> Caleb, yeah. Caleb, you're supposed to be on this shit. From... <laughs> All right. From now on, every time something fucks up, can we just blame it on this like pretend intern called Caleb? Yeah. <laughs> 
Caleb didn't post the show again. Yeah, guys, we had the best episode, but like it, the record button wasn't hit because Caleb fucked it up. And we've been recording all the shows that you guys thought we were actually not recording. We recorded all of them. Caleb just boned us. Yeah, and every time like a show didn't drop on the day that we say it does, same deal. Fucking Caleb, but you know we're nice we, people. We continue to give him a chance. I believe in forgiveness, so you know Caleb, like don't stress. It's all right. He's a good kid. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> means well. He means well. <laughs> oh, um. All right. Well, without further ado, let's fucking get into the land of pro wrestling, Noah. Um. Guys, I have had, like, the best time, like, just really, really jumping in with both feet into this and, and primarily watching, with, with little exception, just Noah. Like, there's so much Ooh. bullshit in wrestling these days, but, like, this experience of, like, pretty much just watching Noah has, like, totally reinvigorated my love for wrestling because I'm not watching shit that I hate all the time. I'm a very <coughs> angry person. Well, I watched the, pretty much the entirety of The Collective. Uh, the only show I think I missed was Effie's Big Gay Brunch, but I'm still going to watch that later with my girlfriend. And then I watched the N1, and then I watched WWE. So I've watched a lot of wrestling, and, uh, you know, I, I, I like all varieties and all presentations, but when actually you jump from watching Noah and then going in and watching a WWE show, it's like, well, I'm glad I'm just watching this for the fluff, because if I was watching this for the actual wrestling... Surely <laughs> yeah, it's very much like the filet mignon followed by a shitty McDonald's Big Mac kind of scenario. I still like a Big Mac too, so that's actually a great, great example. Yeah, yeah, something for everyone. There you go. Yeah, I um, I haven't watched much other wrestling. Like I have been continuing um, like every week with uh, with my buddies. We we watch Dynamite together, so that's generally always a, a good time, whether it's good or bad, because you're you're having the friendship and and smoking the drugs. So that that always helps the wrestling presentation. Um, I haven't watched this week's one yet, but generally speaking, Ooh. we always find something to enjoy about that show. I'm intrigued to see what you think about. Jericho and MJF little segment. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard the scuttlebutt on this. Fucking amazing! I loved it. It was so fucking good. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely give my thoughts on it um, on our, our next next mm. show um, because, yeah. yeah, generally speaking, I am a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to silly bullshit. Um, but I do also like to have fun, shockingly. And uh, so let's see which way it goes. I don't know yet. I haven't watched it yet. You'll get a few good matches, though. So <coughs> It also gives me confidence that, that Ben likes it. Because I know, Ben, you, you can be a bit similar to me here, where if it gets too sticky, you're like, fuck this. So Yeah, a lot of them I do hate. But Jericho, he's normally golden. Mm -hmm. MJF is really starting to grow on me. Mm -hmm. And then together, it's just... The, the interactions of him is just fucking hilarious. I mean, I love their promo segment yeah. last week. Like, that was that was great. We all agreed that mm. was pretty well the highlight of the show. So, I, uh, oh. I have high hopes. Moxley has a mm. fucking tremendous promo on the show, too. I, um, I'm loving just Eddie Kingston getting a shot on, oh, like, fucking, God, yeah. like... Like a, a you know, 
television. This is TNT. Oh, not TNT. Wait, it is TNT. Is TNT yeah. cable <laughs> over there? Well, what? Is TNT cable officially? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, like just getting such a spotlight, like a dude like Eddie Kingston that, like Ben, you remember like when we were first watching like Eddie, Eddie Kingston yeah. and you were getting sort of like introduced to him through a lot of those um, those uh, shows in New Orleans, New Orleans, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and like just the journey from, from there. Like we saw him on the uh, uh, second ever, or was it the first ever Bloodsport? Like Matt Riddle's Bloodsport? Blood yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just, I, I'm so happy to see a dude like that be in a spotlight position because, like, from everything I'm told from, like, uh, friends in common, like, he's just a great dude. Um, and he's just so much fun to watch. Like, I loved that match with him and um, Moxley a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So I'm looking forward to um, the idea that him and Moxley are going to be in, a, in the main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah, man, he's been, like, truly a highlight of the show ever since he came oh, Yep. Full and the sure. crew we put together is fucking great. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's kind of like one of those last minute, like, throw together <laughs> kind of groups. It's like, oh, well, these guys aren't mm. doing anything. Let's throw them all together. Um, but, I mean, yep. sometimes those things work. And uh, it seems like it's been working so far. I'm a big fan of the Butcher and the Blade as well, especially um, Andy Williams. And, and I, I was a big fan of him getting put in such a spotlight position the other week, too. Um, but this is not the AEW uh, podcast. We have another <laughs> podcast on the Social Suplex Network dedicated to that. Don't ask me what it is because I'm not sure if I've added it into my notes that I made two years ago. Um, but, yeah, we're here to talk about Noah <laughs> this week. <laughs> um, so, again, this is uh, night six. Slightly confusing with the nights because then the last one, it was like a day show and then a night show. Um, so, I mean, I'm just calling them all nights. Based, I don't know what you want to do here in terms of the terminology, but this is the sixth... Due to your terminology, Chris, I've been going with the same terminology, so I think we're mm, okay. So, sweet. Audience, right. don't get confused. The sixth show of the N1 Victory Tournament. There we go. All right, so this one took place on the 26th of September uh, in Niigata, Japan. Uh, Some of these places I can't even remember whether I've been to. I think maybe I've been there, but I'm not sure. A bit fuzzy on that. Um, But uh, this took place at the Bandaijima Multipurpose Plaza, apparently. There you go. Thank you, Cage Match, for that. Um, and uh, first match of the evening was a, a fucking banger. This was like this could be a main event on like a whole bunch of uh, of, of you know a sort of like more round the loop country house shows. Uh, we had Segura Gun of um, Kazuhayashi Nosawa and Takashi Segura versus the Full Throttle uh, team, the the new Full Throttle Full Throttle team, as of our last yep. episode of Hajime Ohara, Seiki Yoshioka, and Yohei. Uh, I like Yohei's name. I just, like, that was just two things you exclaimed. Yo! Hey! <laughs> Great name, man. I'm always a fan of, like, the Japanese wrestlers who just have all caps in English as their name. <laughs> yeah. Good gimmick. So, 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, this this match, I remember just really like enjoying and feeling like it didn't feel like an opener at all. Like it was just real fun, and I felt like Yohei just fit into this this new uh, full throttle group great. And I feel like it's just so much better of a fit with him there rather than um, Atsushi Katoge. I'm I'm digging full throttle now. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? I was going to let Ned jump in, but I guess he's not going to do it. Anyway, I'll go. So, the new uh, Full Throttle, I, I'm not being familiar with him personally before. I really like this rendition regardless. Uh, Yohei's fucking awesome. That guy, if he gained like 20 pounds, he'd be like fucking devastating. He's just, I mean, he's lightweight, so he's probably not going to do that, but he's fucking great. And they seem crazy over. Are they healed? Because they act like heels, but the fans are, like, really popping for everything they did. I think there's, like, a blurred line in Noah when it comes to what you'd call a heel versus a face. Like, it's more just a group of dudes who are, like, buds um, and then part of almost like a fight camp kind of thing. Like, that's the way I kind of look at it. So it's not necessarily heels and and faces. So you definitely have people, some that lean more towards one way or the other. But, um... Yeah, what well, do you they reckon, act like Ben? But the fans seem to dig them. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I said they act like dicks, but the fans seem to dig them. Mm. Um, um, no, very true. Yeah. No, I, 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 do, I do actually think Yohei works better. It just seems to be more of a fit with the way the three of them go together. Mm-hmm. And they it looked like they've been wrestling together for shitloads of shows. The way they were already working together as a team, they had a, a nice little um, combo they went together with, finished with Yohei giving a face slam, I quite enjoyed, and not to, Suggs was just my MVP of the match, he just was absolutely destroying Hajime O'Hara, mm-hmm. just destroyed that lower back, so it was a little fun little workings, I thought, I just, yeah, it was a nice little match I enjoyed. I think it's safe to say that Suggs is going to be the MVP in pretty much any match he's in, because he's just true, fucking true. great, but yeah, mm. 100%. Yeah, I thought this was Although, fun as shit. I did miss seeing their old that team hole they used to do in the rope where they um they had one guy in the rope then from either side they'd the feet on the guy's neck and then Kotoge was standing on top of him and a little revving up of the handlebars. Mm. I did miss that though. Does it seem they are moving away from the revving now that uh, Kot- that um Kotoge's gone? <laughs> And he had those uh, sweet handlebars. Fucking hey. Yeah. yeah. For, that, for that one that. <laughs> yeah, he invested those <laughs> some, some coin in that for the show. <laughs> and then the next show, No Sal was just like, hey, bud, uh, we're doing this thing. You're no longer in it. It's like, I just yeah. spent $200 on these fucking handlebars. You motherfucker. <laughs> I make the sweetest rabbit noises. You know it. <laughs> I almost, like, think it's a rib. Like, they saw how much he was enjoying this revving gimmick, and I was like, well, that has to go. (laughs) (laughs) But we did it to embarrass him. He seems to like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, like Dusty Rhodes in WWF in the 80s, like, just getting over as fuck with this dumb polka dot thing when they're just trying to bury him. I always love it when that happens. Uh, mm. I thought Kaz Hayashi looked particularly good in this as well. Mm. And every time I watch him, I'm just like, 
this dude's getting on in years, but he's still fucking great. And it's just like a treat to watch. It's almost like he's one of those guys where when he was in Wrestle 1, I just wasn't watching him at all. And it was almost like, it's like, ah, oh, I wish I was, had some Kaz Hayashi to watch. And then you're like, oh, he's back. And he's still great. So, fun times there. Would highly recommend anyone like that's a bit on the fence and be like, oh, Kazayashi's got to be pretty old these days. Nah, dude can still go. All right, so um, if we don't have any further thoughts, let's keep moving on on this card. Then we have our, our first N1 victory match of the evening B block action with Nakajima versus Yoshiki Inamura. So we have a, a Congo, Congo clash here. Um, what did we think? Go ahead, Ben. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. No, I really enjoyed this one. It seemed uh, Nakajima taking it to the outside early and having a night, a real deliberate pace for the match and absolutely destroying Inamura into the rails, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Also, liked how Inamura was going toe-to-toe with him. Those open palm strikes. Oh, start I love with. his open palm strikes. And then the over overhand forearm against Nakajima against the chest kicks. That was a nice little uh, back and forth they had. Yep, those chest clubs are definitely oh, Inamura's mm. signature strike, which, again, big fan. <coughs> it is it just one thing that's definitely over with me, those the big uh, overhand forearm strikes. Yep. Big and hoss dudes also, need to need to take note. Bring those back. Fucking twenty twenty wrestling is ready for it. <laughs> yeah, because there's not too many guys who actually do that one. Yeah, like and every the time. Fucking great. Yeah, mm. every time I watch eighties wrestling, they're fucking all over the place, and then they just like died the way of the fucking atomic drop. Mm. And it makes me real sad. Also, bring back the atomic drop, please. <laughs> and uh, forget that Manhattan drop. Yeah, fuck you, Shawn Michaels. There was also that nice little thing where uh, Inamura gets out of a suplex, takes a forearm from Nakajima, and puts him down with one, and then does that cool little um, running sumo push, and then folds up with that flying shoulder. Oh, yeah. I just, always love that, because just, just, the dude gets so much mm. air from it, and he just gets thrown mm. like two-thirds of the way across the ring. Oh. And, and it's probably one of my favorite moves at the moment, that running sumo push he does. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that for, for how short a match it was. Yeah, like I don't think any of us gave um, mm. Inamura a chance of actually winning this match. Mm. Um, similar to his match against uh, against Keno earlier, mm. uh, but I, I thought it was fun as shit. Like this was actually one of the official quote recommended matches uh, according to the Cage Match subscribers on the website. So yeah, good times. I, I enjoyed it. I actually, I expected a little bit more from Inamura. He got ate up pretty much a lot of the match, but that's, I guess, to be expected. But I like at the beginning, like, Nagajima extends his hand and Inamura just bats it yeah. away. Like, these guys are supposed to be homies. Like, fuck you, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, that, and they're also the huge, like, monstrous body slam by Inamura in the middle of the match that... He was, like, getting devastated for a really long time, and that's what he fired back with. It was pretty impressive. I can't get enough of that. Yeah, 
same. He's he's great. And uh, Ben was saying his favorite uh, move in wrestling at the moment is that that sort of sumo uh, push off. To me, it is definitely his um, shoulder block off the top. That thing is fucking beautiful. Big big fan of uh, Inamora over here. Um, and he uh, was not to get his uh, first victory in N1 in this match, mm-hmm. sadly. So he's I mean, on zero point. points at this point. Zero. He's not doing well, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm impressed with him the entire time, like, totally negligent and not even thinking about the fact that he's not winning matches. <laughs> hey, he's looking good. That's all that matters to me. I'm proud I, of him. I hadn't noticed he hadn't won a match until I was points. Uh, but he tries, yeah. and that's the that's yeah. the most important thing, right? Like this podcast, a little tank engine that could <laughs> just keep going ahead, no matter how much uh, things might not be looking that great. Uh, what, what was the actual? Did he he hit him with the with his brainbuster, didn't he? Uh, I think that is correct. It was a while since I watched this. I neglected to finish Okay, I think I got it here. He suffers Inamora up with a penalty kick combo, and then gets the one-two-two with a big stalling brainbuster. Oh, I want to put go. over that penalty mm. kick combo because some of those just mm. look just nasty as fuck. Because he like kicks the mm. dudes like in areas where they're not covering <laughs> up. Half the time he'll just like kick them in the belly real hard. Like he'll just get them in from weird angles. I there's like. Uh, we're talking about like favorite moves in wrestling. This to me is is something that I'm just enjoying the shit out of, just because I know how much of this strikes legitimately hurt, <laughs> and you can't really like prepare for. Um, yeah, big fan. Uh, it's, it's been a, a part of this new Nakajima that I've been really appreciating. Mm. This series of just dedicate, uh, just um, devastating um, grounded opponent. Fuck mm. you, kicks. <laughs> and yeah, pretty impressive to get a guy uh, mm. in a size up for the Brain Buster. So I think Nakajima is, a, is mm. a strong man. Yeah. I mean, he is Kensuke's young boy, so you'd hope mm. that he's got some of that Kensuke juice. <laughs> All right. Next match, we have a tag team bout with Kaito Kiyomiya teaming with Kataru Suzuki in a bit of a, a weird uh, tag yeah, team of tank. two guys that aren't in the same faction but just kind of thrown together on a card uh, versus the Congo duo of Hal and Keno. When I saw this on paper, I was just like really excited because I really like all four of these guys. And this was pretty much just exactly met my expectations of being really fun. What do you guys think? No, I really enjoyed it too. It was a nice little combo of guys. Don't know why they went for the, yeah, the speed of Hayao and Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Some great exchange at just insane speeds. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought and specifically had, yeah. Suzuki and Hao like worked really well together because um, yeah, you could see that um, Suzuki could kind of like base for a lot of Hao's like lucha mm. kind of stuff really well, and yeah, yeah they just right. flowed really well. No, it definitely shows off Hao's ability with, when you got something like Suzuki in the ring with him, mm. and then I also liked uh, Keno with his nice combo of flying knees into the corner of the ring. 
Mm-hmm. Then followed up from the, the double knees up into the second rope. He just really wants to fucking hurt people. <laughs> yeah, he's loving them it's so a, sick. Uh, directly, a, at one point, like, directly into the dude's kidney. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, see, with him and Nakajima, it's like you know their strike are going to hurt you because of the way they go about doing it. Yeah. And I really love to see it. Yep, same. Yeah, my, my big one with Keno is that one where he's, like, got the ankle hold and he, like, lifts them up and he just, like, kicks them from, like, underneath, just, like, through their belly and, like, up on ribs. Like, that just looks painful as shit. Yeah, I did this match from the, from the beginning. Like, the big stare down. Everything was awesome. I'm really, more and more, I see Suzuki. I'm really impressed, especially, like you said, all the lucha stuff he throws in there and all these cool spots he does. Uh, I really like the double-team bit where Keno was getting double-teamed, and then he just kick the shit out of both of them and then just like he doesn't show much uh you know passion or rage he's kind of just calm but after that he's like fuck yeah fired up real big (laughs) he's cool man he's like just a cool dude yeah well speaking of katara suzuki this was the match where he hit one of his real sweet tombstones didn't he yeah the tilt the world it was like a tilt the world head scissors that somebody was looking but yeah he tombstone the motherfucker it was so snappy and violent it was great (laughs) Did he, and he got, like, a quick pin on Howe as well, didn't he? And then Howe had to get, like, carried out, if I'm remembering this correct, correctly. Uh, Howe won. And oh. asked for a title shot after the match. Okay, I remember so, that completely remember. incorrectly. So it's lucky I, we have Ben here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, like, the tombstone, and then the, there was a whole bunch of pinfall exchanges where they yeah. kept on going back and forth and back yeah. and forth. And then, yeah, there was an actual real pin. Oh, so he gets the, gets the upset. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm very excited yeah. about this development because we were just mm. saying how great how and uh, Katara Suzuki get along together uh, and the chemistry they have. So we have a, a junior title match to look forward to by the sounds of things. We do, I believe. Ooh. I forget who does it, but there's somebody, I think it was Suzuki, they ran, no, it was the guy who was with Kenna. What's his name? How? How? Uh, when he runs into the corner and he does that quick turn where he stands on uh, the second rope and then spins over and stands on the second rope on the other side of the turnbuckle. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's a a transition move where it's like so quick. I think I do. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, um, previous to this, he was Kenbai in um, Michinoku Pro, I believe. And he was like always kind of quite quite uh, renowned for those kind of like really athletic kind of spots. So I think that's one of the ones that is sort of translated over into his new character because he like did drop a lot of his kind of offense previously, but I'm glad to see that one um, continued on. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. Mm. He's a he's a talented dude. Um, and yeah, it's uh, like, 100%. Uh, he's a really great fit for um, Congo, in my opinion. I really The more I see of him, the more I enjoy watching him. Oh, 100%. Mass, I didn't notice him until he joined Congo, and since I've seen him there, it's like, been, whoa, this guy is fucking unreal. Yeah. Um, no one had anything to say about Kaito in this match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everything he does is awesome. Right. Didn't he have a crazy forearm exchange or elbow at times with Kenny or something? My uh, memory serves me right. My memory does not remember that at all, but it sounds like something that probably happened. <laughs> I was just enamored with 
fucking Suzuki the whole time because he just the first time he came out I thought he was rad and just the more I see him work is just tremendous. Dude, Katara Suzuki's Ooh. been so good for so long. Like Ooh. I remember watching him in those great like GHC junior title matches back in the day, like when Kento was like a still a, a junior heavyweight and we had he had just a fantastic series with Kenta. Um, and yeah, he's just been like so great all the way through and it seems like he's kind of had a, a resurgence recently in Noah. Mm. I'm so glad to see him with the, the junior heavyweight title again. Um, yeah, I hope he holds on to it for a while because he's just fucking real good. Yeah, when he came out wearing all that cool like uh, gear and the helmet and shit, I was like, man, this guy dresses fucking cool. He better be great. Then he took the jacket off and like, he even wears his title belt cool. Man, this guy's rad. <laughs> yeah, around like the shoulder, like on the on the back. Yeah, yeah. It's like battle armor. Pretty. Yep. 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 Um. So yeah, stay tuned, guys, because uh, I'm very much uh, looking forward to this junior title match. Do you think we'll maybe we're going to get it on the final show of the N one? Uh, I think so, but I haven't looked because I try to avoid spoilers. Smart. Oh, but speaking of which, I got totally spoiled. I went to go watch one of the shows, and they put, like, the big banner was who won the fucking thing. Oh, motherfuckers. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going uh, in, I, I think I'm pretty sure I got spoiled as well, I, but yeah. I'm, like, not admitting it to myself, so I'm just pretending I don't know, so it's great. <laughs> like, I think I may have got spoiled, but I'm, I can't be 100% sure until I, I actually... You know what? I don't read Japanese, so I could be wrong, but... <laughs> that, that's why I always tell myself to. Like, I think I was pretty good with the G one as well, but I feel I may have seen on Instagram today some cocksucker post a picture of somebody with a fucking trophy. That's why. Well, you can't be stay off the internet, Ben. I've been really good. It's like everything. Like I cover it first, and then it's sort of squeezed to make sure the first person went to do with anything Japanese. And then I was watching Instagram stories and some. Fuck with. It's like, I, I hope it was just an old picture. But hey, maybe it was from last year, Ben. Who knows? That's that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah. <laughs> I like the the collective. Um, all of us uh, keeping our head in the sand with this. Deny, yeah. deny, deny. Collective <laughs> denial. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right, so next up, we are back in uh, the N1 uh, official matches with A Block action uh, with Masaki Mochizuki versus Manabu Soya. I was like very much looking forward to this match, and if anything, it over delivered to my expectations somehow. Hell yeah! It was so good. Right out the gate, it was fucking badass. I got all hyped up actually. I kind of like came to the front of my seat. Because I've been watching so much wrestling lately, I've been kind of, uh, just kind of casually watching this stuff. Not really captivated, but as soon as this one started, I was like, they started banging right away. I'm like, I'm loving this. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. This is so much fun. Watching uh, Mochi and Soya go at each other. Just, it was so brutal with that, that Mochi's leg kicks and shots to the elbow of Soya, and then Soya following it back with some vicious... Forearms to the lower back of Mochi, and then was it was there a spot where like Soya breaks an arm hold and has Mochi has this 
by the arm, doing a one arm suplex or something. Mm-hmm. Just holding him up was like. Man. Yeah, it's like the whole thing that power move that Bob Backlund used to do all the mm. time. Fucking beast of a man. I thought both of these yeah, guys really just really brought out brought out the best in in one another and just like worked so well together. Which generally, but like, like right speaking, out the gate, dude, yeah, crazy the kicks and then the fucking one armed uh, mm. test of strength. He's just like so he had such a strong <laughs> bastard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, like it's always a good combination when you have a kicky dude versus a power dude. Like it's generally a pretty good good match story. Uh, and this was just like the absolute best of that. It was interesting going into it, like points wise, because um, I think uh, yeah, yeah. I mean both guys needed a win. Uh, like Sawyer had only had one win up to this point, um, and Mochizuki was was on three points um, from having one win and a draw. So it's like you could tell neither guy was going to be in contention for winning the tournament, but they're just kind of like mm. needing this win to to have a decent record on a decent mm. performance, I guess. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like a, a proving thing, but yeah, I, I loved everything about this match mm. and just thought, again, like Soya hasn't had like the strongest – performance wins wise in this tournament but i feel like he's is one everyone over like work wise so i'd hope that he's like in line for a, for a push in the the you know months uh following this tournament dude uh so you had that dope ass like avalanche power slam uh and mm-hmm. then the fucking finish was crazy that kick oh, that emoji yeah. did he like He'd run and jump off the rope and then, like, turn around yeah. and flip upside down and kick him in the top of the head. Like, what? Oh, yeah, that's, like, the classic Mochizuki uh, kick. I think it's called, like, the dragon roll or something like that. But, yeah, the oh, way he just God, runs up so those awesome. turnbuckles, yeah. jumps off, kicks motherfucker in the face. So great. Yeah, I really, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, highly recommend everyone check out this match. Um, it's, uh... It didn't go too long. Uh, it went about 13 minutes. 13 minutes. Um, but, yeah, just fun as all shit. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of Mochizuki and have been for many years. Um, and, yeah, I've been a fan of Sawyer, but he's just been stepping up his game like something fierce lately. So, yeah, make sure you check this one out. Any other final thoughts on that match? No, sir. No. All right, next match we have another tag team bout. Uh, this Ooh. is a six-man with um, the the former tag, junior tag, legendary duo finally getting back together. This is the first time they've tagged <laughs> together in, like, I don't know how long. Uh, that's at Sushi Kotoge and Daisuke Harada. Um, and... It's a bit peculiar that their first match back together is actually a, a tag team bout where they're also like a six man tag bout where they're teaming with Junta. Um, Junta was actually but initially the, a mystery partner. Yeah, yeah, he was a mystery partner. So to fill everyone in, uh, Junta Miyawaki was like a really talented, uh, like young boy rookie who was sort of like coming up the ranks uh, in Noah for the last few years. Uh, he's one of those guys where you can tell he's really got. 
some talent. Uh, you can tell he's a, a big fan of uh, of Kobashi with the old school Kobashi orange as well. Uh, but the crowd just like loves him, so it was really cool to see a surprise return from injury for Junta Miyawaki there, um, and they were against the Stinger team of Hayata, Ogawa, and Kenya Okada. Um, this was again. Really fun, but I had a bit of a, a shocking finish, I thought. <laughs> what did you guys think I of didn't... the match and of the sort of weird conclusion? I did enjoy with finish with a stogie and a stogie. And Hayata. Yeah. So kicking the absolute crap out of each other mm-hmm. on the outside mm-hmm. and just finished the draw. Um, also, it just looked like Harada and hadn't missed a beat. The way they, the combos they were doing together, it's like, and you guys must have been so good. Yeah. Back in the day, re- tagging day in, day out, because after that massive break, they just looked like they hadn't missed a beat. And like, you yeah, could the see the love from the crowd for those double teams mm. as well, about when they're like breaking them back out after, you know, not being together for like five years or whatever it was. So I, I was very pleased for that. It was a, a smooth combo to start with a with a big boot. Harada doing a spinning elbow, then into a double drop kick or something. I really uh, I like that one. Yeah, that I saw. They just I like that the fact. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was saying the, the the watching the show and like the mystery partner is supposed to pop everybody. It's like totally a mystery to me. I'm like, it's still a mystery that we revealed him. I have no idea who he is, but <laughs> so he came out right away and like impressed the shit out of me because yeah. he was the guy who started the match and like, okay, mystery guy showing out right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I'm glad that um, that Junta won you guys over. Been a bit of a fan of his for a while, um, and yeah, I, I just. I, I am, a, you know, unashamedly a big, big fan of Daisuke Harada and his, like, singles junior division stuff. Um, but there's, there's something about the, the team of Kotoge and Harada where, like, the, the team is greater than its parts kind of thing. So I'm, I'm very happy to see them, them together again, uh, even though I may be a little bit sad if this uh, prevents us from seeing uh, many big um, Daisuke Harada singles matches in the near future. But uh, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Uh, I really... More I see Okada, he's great. He did the uh, multiple elbow drops like Dolph Ziggler mm. does, which I thought was... I didn't think anybody else but Dolph Ziggler did that shit, but that was cool. And then uh, I really liked Ogawa and Harada had an exchange where they both kind of took back bumps to avoid getting contact with each other, but still end up getting caught regardless, and that, that was pretty funny. I like when they sprinkle a little comedy in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan then, of Ogawa uh, in that way. And I was a zebra fan. One of the guys from Singer. I forget his name. But he did the back bump at one point uh, where they did a sunset flip. You guys remember him? And he did, like, snap back and kind of fall back, like, so slowly and hilarious. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah, like, it was really the, the dude that was doing the sunset flip was just really trying to get him over. <laughs> And it just slowly was like, oh, I am foiled. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then uh, the guy who, I keep forgetting his name, the guy who got kicked out of Full Throttle. What's his name? Asushi Kotoge. He legitimately took a shoot RKO toward the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy, the way he snapped 
and he, he didn't fall with him right away, it looked legit. It was pretty fucking gnarly. I enjoy watching Katoge so much more, like, in this environment than I was um, in in Full Throttle. So I feel like Katoge yeah. has found his home, so I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, and then we had the weird double count-out finish to this match, mm. which I guess is to build the big um, junior rumble uh, that we have coming up on the on the next mm. show with all of the, the junior heavyweight division chaos that we've, we've seen of late. Uh, so I guess it sort of fits in with the overall thing, but just in the moment you're like, huh, that, was, that was a little <laughs> bit weird. Did you guys buy the finish or are you a bit puzzled by it or what? Oh, I, I just was confused was, at first. I, I just thought they were selling the bead machine at each other. They completely forgot there was a match going on. Yeah, I think so. I actually didn't mind looking for us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I, I liked it. I, I would not ever argue with that they forgot that the match was going on because that's just foolish. You know, you're doing your job. Like, oh, yeah, right. That's what are we doing over here? Shit. No. Like, I think it's just great. Like, sometimes you get caught up. You're like, fuck it. I don't care if I'm going to win this match or mm. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Mm. I, I take it, like, in the same way as if you got an office job and you just, like, you know, get talking to someone in the lunchroom and you just kind of, like, forget that you're actually at work and you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm actually at work. Shit, we've been talking for half an hour. All right, let's just... But that would make sense if your job was talking, but their jobs are punching <laughs> each other in the face. They, how do you forget you clocked out for a face punch? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up, we're back to N1 victory official action uh, in the B block. Uh, here we have Marafuji versus uh, one of my favorites, Shuhei Taniguchi. What do we mm. think about this one? Oh, I, I really enjoyed this one. Fucking got stoked immediately. Yeah. Just <laughs> sometimes... Just seeing the guys walk out, I'm like, all right, okay, this one's going to be fucking righteous. Yep, and also, like, a little tidbit here for, for you guys. Um, Marafuji and uh, Taniguchi uh, were, were former tag team partners. They were, I believe they were actually oh. Noah, a GHC tag team champions uh, for a while, uh, a year or two ago. Um, I actually oh. really enjoyed their tag team. And then kind of when you have these matches where it's like, you know, former partners against one another, like you always get that little, little bit extra level of, um, I don't know, like just something special. Uh, so I knew this was going to be good. And, um, mm. Yeah, some of that like stare down stuff early on, and the just yeah. the chemistry oh, was loved it. No, definitely loved it. Totally agree there. And it just uh, seemed that uh, I also thought it seemed like it was going to be over really quickly with the way those vicious kicks and um, <laughs> blows that Taniguchi landed early, mm-hmm. and then Mara comes back working the forearm to try and. Take away the power that Taniguchi is a fucking beast. Mm-hmm. But he just look, vicious backdrop on the ring apron that looked like it would have fucking stung. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just seemed to be like he's at his brutal best. Yeah. So just yeah, I guess going to the way you're talking about how they were the former tag team, it just seemed it just took it up at another level, and he just had, it was just it was just vicious. 
Yeah, I think we also got like Marafuji bringing his A game mm. as well, which like sometimes you can get a Marafuji that's mm. not necessarily mm. the most inspired, I guess. But when yeah. he's against the right guys, like it's you can tell when he's on. And um, yeah, I, I thought he brought that with Taniguchi. And yeah, Ben, to mm. your point, like that fucking backdrop, like there's some stuff mm. that Taniguchi does that just seems like it hurts so much more <laughs> when he does it compared to when anyone else mm. does it, which I love. But, yeah. but then there, I was going to say that bit where he goes, he starts with a vicious choke slam, then a crazy German suplex, then that head kick he does, mm. then his crazy perfect splash he does off the top ropes. I just love the way he does it, and you get a two count. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I almost that thought he was going to like just pull like, the rug out from under him and get that mm. that win right there. Because like mm. sometimes you mm. know, as we've seen through the tournament, we you do get those surprisingly short matches. So I was mm. almost expecting that, and then that's that's exactly why I love those short matches mm. because it sort of takes something that otherwise you'd be like, well, he can't beat him here, and you're like, mm. oh, could he? And then it just pops you even more when he doesn't. It's great. Right. Yeah, this uh, match kind of started out like uh, a couple shows back, the Tanaguchi match, where he got his ass kicked really quick at the beginning. Was almost looked like he was out and done with, like at the start of the match. So it kind of reminded me of that. But he's a badass. He did that like a, it was like a pop, almost going to be like a pop up power bomb, but he just like lifts the guy up and then just throws him directly onto their back and like. It just looks mean as fuck. <laughs> Gave some motherfucker whiplash. Uh, <laughs> I put this in the notes. I must have heard... At one point during this match, I swear I heard a baby crying. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there was like a child crying a couple times when it got quiet. <laughs> Somebody brought their baby to the show. <laughs> I love tidbits like that. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> no problem. Uh, then I also like... There's just... Tanaguchi's just badass. Uh, he did that sweet ass power slam uh, where he didn't like get a full rotation, but he just planted them so quickly to the ground. It just, again, looks mm. mean as hell. Yeah, just that much more painful than anyone else doing a fucking power slam. And then uh, Marafuji did uh, a hammerlock lung blower combination. That was fucking cool. I've never seen anybody do that. It, it, it seems so obvious, but yeah. Hammerlock lung blower combination. It's pretty dope. Or backstabber, whatever you call it. Was that his his new like finish thing that he's doing where he has like the knee where he sort of like spins him over to the side and like No, no, I'm talking I'm talking about you know like the backstabber like Carlito used to do? Yeah, yeah. But he does it like puts their hammerlock is behind them with their arm, so he's doing the backstabber actually to the, the Ooh, forearm to the, as well. The arm. Ooh, and the back clever. at the same time, yeah. I must have either missed that or it's just been that long since I watched it, but that sounds cool as fuck. But no, yeah, he won the match with a standing version of that. He's normally doing, like, kneeling where he wraps the guy's arm and just yep. a knee to the side of the head. Yeah, this time he did, like, a stand-up version of that. Mm. Yeah, I'm loving these um, sneaky mm. knees of Marafuji. Oh. I mean, that's sort of become his thing. Like, he's got sweet chops and sneaky knees. And then Tanaguchi is, again, when he does the Ivan Putsky-style Polish hammer, like, just leveling a guy straight through his chest. And at the end of the match, Marafuji's walking out. Some fan, I just wrote this down because it just popped me. Some fan walks up and hands him a plastic bag of something. 
Mark Fuji just grabs it like bounce over and takes off. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Maybe they brought him snacks. Who knows? I, we're in a pandemic. Why is he taking this from people? <laughs> Who knows? You so, really trust that fan. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be a jerk. You don't want to be like, hey, you got cooties. Like, keep your goodies away from me. Thank you. I would. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Oh, this was an interesting, another interesting points one because um, Marafuji, I believe, was only, is it three points going into this? And then... Um... Um... Taniguchi yep. had had one win going into this, so uh, this was like again, like for Marafuji to to stay some semblance of being dominant. He really needed this win, and uh, yeah, so Marafuji on five points now um, to Taniguchi's two. And then we go on into the main event of the evening. A block action. We have uh, Go Shizaki against Masa Hiramiya. Um, this was a match that I was again looking forward to because I just mm. love Hiramiya's like hard nosed wrestling, um, and I'm obviously like one of the world's biggest fans of, of Go Shizaki. Um, this was another one where it's like you had a dude like Masa who was just fucking praying for a win here because he's only on two points. He really needed it against Go, who's like the most... Um, I think he's pretty much the dominant. most dominant guy in his block at this point. Mm. And obviously, you know, a, a win over Go uh, would uh, potentially get you in line for a GHC title shot. So uh, a lot of pressure here for Masa. <laughs> I will not say that word, Jeremy. <laughs> I was sitting there waving like, oh man, it'd be so funny to just you, you close your dirty whorish mouth when you say those words, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, um yeah, fuck this this match I thought uh really again lived up to my, my expectations and was just really fucking solid and, and the work was, was as stiff as I would have expected and it was just just a real good time. Another one that I would highly recommend everyone check out. What were your thoughts? Uh, I definitely agree. It was like one of those nice physical contests and it just, I really loved Massa and it. Just mm. standing there and taking shots from go and then not backing down and then also, that huge suplex he took from Go from the ropes, where he, he just picks up Massa from a seated position, and then drives me. I was like, that man is. Because Massa's not a small boy, and he just picks okay, it up, like, chunky. deadly up. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's an impressive move. There's a lot of stuff that Go does, mm. like, similar to that, like, with the Go flashes and stuff, to where it's mm. just he has to, like, really girth dudes up to actually do Muscle the move. Him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that was a real good case of it here. Also, yeah, I love it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I just love how Massa knows so about three DDTs in a row from Go. <laughs> well, yeah, that was how I was going to start out, man. <laughs> Literally, then he fucking fires up and just nails him with that fucking yeah. spear. Like, yeah, yeah. so, that whole thing, I was like, fuck yeah! You can't it's funny hurt when Massa's head. No. <laughs> I'm sitting alone, like, watching a wrestling show, and I just go, fuck yeah! <laughs> I also like the bit where uh, 
he ducks one clothesline, then eats another, and just headbutts the shit out of Go, yeah. and Go crumples <laughs> to the mat, and, like, literally the crowd goes silent, like, they fought Go died. <laughs> that's a fantastic like, way oh, of explaining no. it. Oh, God, yeah. But I really like the Go Flasher, because, like you said, he had to muscle him up so much, and then afterwards, they both laid there exhausted. It was just like... <laughs> They went through a fucking match, man. Mm. Yeah, I I think Marcel's a guy where you really see him just... I mean, he always, like, goes hard. But, like, when he's in mm. these these sort of main event kind of positions where it's like, you know, it's like he's, he's getting a, a chance here. Like, for a guy that's probably not necessarily cemented in that main event picture yet, like, he mm. always fucking hits it out of the park. Like, he had a, a similar oh, match... I want to say, like, December, January against um, Segura, like a big singles match against Segura, and that one was, was a similar story. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Massa fan, and every time he, he gets an inch, he takes a mile. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was our main event. Any final thoughts before we move on to the uh, seventh night? No, sir. No, I'm pretty good. Okay. Um, so, seventh night uh, was back in. It's Corrigan, right? Uh, yes, it was, Christopher. Yep. Uh, so, we have a, a Corrigan show here on the, uh, the 4th of October. Uh, so, the penultimate. Um, show of the N1 Victory Tournament. This is the one where we're really going to find out uh, who is going to be our, our final uh, going into um, the, the, the final show that we'll be talking about on the next episode. So we're basically... Was it, gonna... uh, question, Chris. Mm-hmm. Were these the shows where like the whole like entranceway and everything looked a lot cooler or was that the last set of shows? Cause I remember noticing a distinct difference between like the entranceway, the lights, and everything that was set up on a couple of these shows. I think it was these ones. I think the la- I mean, Corrigan always looks the same. Like the dudes come out of the corner. Yeah, yeah. They've got like the stage. They've got you know, it always looks the same. So I'm assuming maybe it was the last show that looked a little bit yeah. different, being in Niigata. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to the Osaka show because that's at Osaka Edion Arena and they always set that up real cool looking. So that should be uh, something to look forward to. But yeah, so this one is working out the A block winner and the B block winner. So it's a pretty, it's a show of significance, I'll definitely say that. Mm. Uh, so our first match on the show was, um, we, we have a lot of block matches on this, more than pretty much any yeah. other show I noticed. But our first one was uh, B-Block action with Taniguchi versus Inamura. And uh, <laughs> there's another one where I'm like, ooh, these are two of my favorites. Fuck, this is going to be good. It didn't last long, but for a while it was there, it was fucking great. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. Holy fuck. Four minutes 36 <laughs> was the <laughs> match time. Big boy slapping meat. Yeah, this is the definition of our, our fucking beefy men slapping beef right here. Um, and we have Inamura, who again, zero points, uh, going against Taniguchi, who at that point only had two points. 
so Taniguchi really wanted to win. Inamura mm. really wanted to win. And on this night, Taniguchi just had the bigger balls. And mm. it was, uh, yeah. I loved it. Every bit of this match. How many head kicks? Yeah. Why does it kick so many heads? <laughs> like, fuck you, Randy Orton. My job is kicking heads. Everybody does PK kicks in the head and no one. <laughs> it's almost like, Jesus Christ, guys, have you heard of CT? I don't think so. <laughs> Some things just don't translate into Japan, yeah. I guess. Mm. But yeah, I mean, Taniguchi, we got Nakajima. Anyone else doing head kicks? I mean, I guess Keno does a lot of head kicks. I don't know about, like, yeah. the grounded ones. Not a PK style, though. Yeah, but uh, still very painful looking. But, yeah, this was so good, and I feel like Taniguchi so just earned this victory. Oh, yeah. The crowd loved it. It was yeah. just good times. Um, this, this is a nice, quick, fun, brutal match. Imra starts early with a full shoulder charge, and then some big overhead forearms, and then Taniguchi responds with some brutal fucking headbutt combos. Always love Taniguchi's mm. fucking headbutt to the shoulder. The story definitely was that, like, Inamura's like, I need mm. to get some fucking points here, so I'm going to go mm. at him right away. Yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good uh, strategy in theory, but, uh, yes. yeah, Taniguchi's balls on this, this evening were just too big for that strategy to work. Mm. All right, so mm. then... Uh, I'm actually going to have a Wii, because I really need a Wii right now. Uh, so I'll let you we guys... We take a break, because I could use a Wii as well. Ben, are you just going to keep this alive? You want to keep talking, Ben, or should we take a break? Uh, We're going to go Wii. We'll leave, we'll leave it silent for those listeners. I'll probably go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Somebody has Wii. to read something that's on their wall. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, All right, everyone, if, one, if this... Two, three, break. All right. If this uh, silence doesn't get edited out, we're putting it on the fucking intern. <laughs> What's his name again? Caleb. Fucking Caleb. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, you better do your job. Thumbs up from Caleb that he would edit that out. So uh, if he doesn't, someone's going to be in trouble. That was the first one back and no one was here. I was just going to start telling everyone how I saved the baby. <laughs> what? Did you read how about I saved the baby, Chris? Like, really? Like, real life, I saved the fucking baby. Ben, did you read that on my Facebook? I didn't say that. When you Ooh, fun. Excellent. I get to tell you. All right, this is a brief uh, break from the wrestling chat for Jeremy saving a baby. So I was at work uh, at my desk, and my desk faces out my bedroom window. And 
all of a sudden I, I saw a small child less than two years old walk by my window and I assumed well I must have what? missed the adult that either I must have missed the adult that walked by previously. And I live in an apartment complex, so it's not like it's right on a street or anything. Okay. But I got kind of worried that I didn't see an adult meandering after the child. So I go, I'll make sure that this kid's not alone. So I go outside and I look and sure enough, this kid is alone and he is now walking directly toward the main road. So I, I go, hey, baby, what are you doing? And the kid turns around and just kind of stares at me. And I'm like, you probably should come back this way. And so he starts walking back toward me. And there's a bunch of ducks that sit by my apartment because I started feeding ducks and they just hang out there all the time. So the kid starts walking toward the ducks and quacking at him. So totally oblivious that he's lost. So I'm like, okay, uh, come this way. So I walk toward these apartment complexes. I saw somebody sitting in their apartment and I go, by chance, do you know whose kid this is? And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, he was just walking toward the street. And they go, no. So at this point, I picked the kid up and I started walking him around to another apartment to see if maybe they know who the hell this kid is. Again, this lady has no idea. She doesn't speak much English, but all both people come out to join me looking for this kid's parents. And I'm walking around longer. I'm seriously have this kid for at least 10 minutes. No one has showed up saying, hey, that's my kid. So I see another guy. I go, by chance, do you know whose child this is? And he goes, no, you should probably call the cops. And I didn't want to call the cops on anybody right away because I felt like that probably doesn't bring a lot of pain into somebody's life. Uh, they probably don't need. Probably just a mistake. The kid probably snuck out. So I saw one other person. I go, hey, man, you know this kid? And he goes, yeah, he lives right over there. I start walking them, oh, the kid over to this, his parents, trying to keep him happy and laughing, and he's got his head resting on my shoulder. It's pretty fucking adorable. And as I get to their stairs, the people, they come running out of the house. The dad looks stoned. Uh, he looks shocked as shit that I am holding his child. I'm a large man, big burly beard, holding their child. I'm like, how did this guy get my kid? Like, hey man, I found your kid near the road. The He says, thank you, but like, not in a way where you think if somebody showed up rescuing your child, you would show admiration for what they've done. He's yeah. kind of like almost embarrassed and shocked that it happened. And again, he looked stoned. The wife just kind of looked out of it too. So I just handed them their kid and kind of took off. But yeah, I saved the baby. So do you think these parents were like doing drugs and their child just like wandered out? There was other kids in the house too. So I think maybe one of them maybe went outside to play and didn't close the door all the way and the kid just snuck out behind him. I'm not sure. But yeah, I had the kid for at least 10 minutes and they legitimately didn't come out until I was walking up the stairs. They must have just noticed the kid was gone. Well, that's concerning. But yeah, I still, I saved the baby. I'm basically a hero. So, you know, yeah. uh, you're talking yeah, to a great hero. hero right here. Yeah, fuck. Props, man. I'm the Barry Horowitz over here. Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Give yourself an extra little pat on the back of there. You ever notice how the, the handprint on his uh, vest was backwards? It actually, when he patted himself on the back, it didn't match up. It wasn't the right way the hand was shaped. Fucking idiot. For some reason, it was all the more appropriate that it was like that for me. I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, this makes sense. <laughs> you found that up. Too. Good. <laughs> this is why you can't win any matches, you see. He's not even a good seamstress. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into it. 
All right. That's so... about me being a hero. I mean, mm. you guys can quit saying it. Stop saying it. <laughs> yeah, we need. We can keep our accolades on the inside here. Gosh. Thank you. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Ben? Hero? Yeah. <laughs> True hero. <laughs> um, all right, so we have a Styles clash of a match here with Manabu Soya versus Kazushi Sakuraba. Um, again, uh, Soya really fucking needed a win going into this one. As we mentioned last time, it was on two points so far. Uh, we're pretty well at the end of the tournament. You only got two points. Uh, you, you need to, to get a win here against Sakuraba, who was on four points, who started off real strong, uh, but then I feel like, uh, you know, maybe his, his, his injuries and age took a toll. Uh, he's, he's a very uh, tough man, but, you know, this kind of tournament will uh, will put the rigors on anyone, especially mm. a dude that's had the fucking shit beaten out of him in, in Pride and Heroes for God knows how long. Mm. Um, so, again, big, big, tough dude, big hoss man versus mm. uh, uh, probably one of the world's greatest technical wrestlers in terms of his submission gra- game. Uh, I was I was very intrigued what this match would, mm. would look like. Uh, what did you guys think? So I was like, it was like Zach Rabbit from the start just looked in complete control, just having his way with Sawyer on the ground, just mm-hmm. vicious holds and brutal knees while he's on the ground. And which made and sense. Sort of the like way- when I was watching this, I almost got that thing of like, oh, Sawyer really doesn't want to go to the ground with Sakuraba. <laughs> oh, he's on the ground. All right, Sakuraba's going to be eating his lunch right now. <laughs> that makes it even crazier how he actually wins. It's like. Oh, it's such Sakura's a good complete, finish. Complete, com, complete domination. Having sort of a wrist lock. Has the, the Sakuraba lock locked in. With only moments away from getting him to submit, and somehow he's withstands the pain, and then uses his enormous size to just hold him down. Sakuraba's pick one, two, three as quick as that. He's like, what the fuck did I see? Yeah, I loved it because yep. it's almost like as well it makes sense like from – you know, kayfabe-wise of Sakuraba for all mm. of these years being used to, you know, being able to do submissions from his back and not having to worry about pinfalls. Mm. And then he's in this environment where where big fucking strong dude like Sawyer just can, can reef him over and, like, put a little bit extra pressure for three seconds, withstand the mm. pain of this Sakuraba lock, and then he sold, he sold the Sakuraba lock like a champ afterwards as well, which I thought was oh. great. But yeah, I just thought this was so good. Like another short match, or almost six minutes. But um, I, I thought it was great for what it was. Oh, 100%. Yeah, great power versus skill story from the start. And yeah, the the quick or the surprising finish was great. But one spot I wanted to put over was fucking. Uh, they had the test of strength, and Sakuraba just fucking rolled back and caught him into a triangle, like from a test of strength. Like, okay, fine. We're going to do the power move. I'm going to pull you back here and just fucking take your your arm and your neck, and it's mine now. Yeah, so clever, right? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, you get a lot of that stuff in these Sakuraba matches, just stuff that you don't see anywhere else. That's why I love watching them, just because they feel so different. All right, so moving on to our next match, uh, mm-hmm. A block action again. Uh, we have uh, Masa Kiramiya. Uh, versus Masaki Mochizuki. Uh, another one that 
again, two of my favourites. I mean, when you look at this entire N1 lineup, like majority of these guys are my favourites, so I'm probably going to be saving that, yeah. saving that quite a yeah. lot. Love this guy. <laughs> Love this guy. Probably my favourite guy in the tournament. This guy's my favourite guy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I was, like, so just zazzed for this whole tournament. Because, like, I was looking at it, and, like, un unlike other professional wrestling tournaments, like, there's not a guy in it that I don't think is either good or great. Um, you know, mm -hmm. compared to, like, your, your uh, G1s and, and such, where they've definitely dudes that are just stuffed in there who are not, like, you know, the best. Yeah, they're the same caliber, yeah. Yeah, whereas this, just, like, there's such a high level for everyone who's in it. And even like a dude like who's who's maybe not at that point in his career yet, like an like a Inamura, um, like he's even fucking great. So I just mm. have loved this whole tournament just due to the high standard of everyone that's in it. But uh, here we have uh, Masa Kitamiya, who just got done raving about from his performance in last night's mm. main event against Masaki Mochizuki. Um, again, Kitamiya really needed a win, two points. Uh, Mochizuki had done pretty pretty decently for himself with five. I feel like if Mochizuki had won this one, he would have been in um, uh, potentially in, in that uh, top mix. Do you, would that make sense points-wise? Hang on. Yeah. He, he would have gotten to seven points. So yeah, definitely. If in uh, nah, actually, yeah. no, right? he still would have been because we haven't seen the last two matches yet of this show. Right, so he he could have mm. won it, but uh, mm. it, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, mm. With uh, Kitamiya getting what I would say an upset victory over Mochizuki mm. in just under ten minutes uh, again. Love this match, and I especially love the finish. Oh, yeah, I love that finish, too. I also love those brutal kicks he was doing to the hamstrings and quads of Massa. Mm -hmm. Just, oh, his legs and magical things. He, yeah, he has yeah. just nasty asshole kicks, and I've always mm. loved him for it. Um, and they, they haven't lightened up as his age has... has gotten on like they, if anything but i feel see, like they get harder as he gets older yeah no, they do less but they just make them count more it's like i appreciate your work yep uh any thoughts jeremy uh yeah man i this one was, i didn't take a whole ton of notes but i i did like how in this match he definitely made a point he's he's going for that side of suplex as much as possible mm -hmm. but after oh. uh after Moji got caught with one, he like definitely got consistent on avoiding the rest of them. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just a fun match. And Moss is just again, he's so dope, and he totally reminds me of you know, uh, Masasaito. Because he, yeah. yeah. I just hope he never gets uh, signed to any American companies because they'll probably make him an odd job, and I'll hate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I uh, speaking of, of the finish that Ben and I were raving about, I feel like I enjoyed mm. it so much because of just what you're saying about Jeremy about like the amount that he like teased that Saito. So then yeah. when when fucking uh, Mochizuki goes for this death roll that we were just raving about from the last oh, match, yeah. runs up that turnbuckle, Masa <laughs> catches him and then gets the Saito from that position. Fuck, yep. it was perfect. That got a huge pop by the crowd too. Yeah, yeah, so well done. 
Um, and yeah, like it was a match that didn't sort of like stay longer than it's welcome, like just under 10 minutes. I feel like it was perfect for this point um, in the show again, with it being so N uh, one match heavy. Um, I thought like it was quite good the way we had these sort of like short matches early on to kind of not, not burn us out considering how all of the, mm. what was it? One, two, three, four, six. Yeah. Six and one matches for the evening. So they like, paced it well. like four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had some, some matches to get out of the way, uh, before the, the finals, I guess. And some big matches too. The last, the last three. Oh yeah. I mean, getting on to mm. our next match, this is like one of the, the biggest, uh, name value matches on the entire N1 mm. in my book, uh, B block action with Segura against Keno. And these guys, I, I want to go on. For a second, Chris, I just want to put over the, how well the show's presented and me not knowing much. Like these guys have clearly shown like the level of each of the stars. Like I know, just going into this match, how big a deal this is, like just based off of the way the tournament itself has been presented. So I wanted to put that over. It's, it's fucking tremendous. Yeah, and it's great when a tournament can can be like that to kind of like conveying the story the entire time. Yeah, and it like sort of gets you in a mind of, all right, I can tell where this guy is compared to this guy. I can tell, oh, these are like two top guys because they've been just murdering everyone so far. Like, it, it's just great that, like, I feel like you've got a pretty good sense of Noah in general now just from having watched the amount of mm. this tournament that you have. And it also, like, before, like, the first show, I, guys were coming out, I'm like, oh, okay. But now I see these two guys come out, I'm like, oh, fuck, I know what to expect. This is going to yeah. be a barn burner. Yeah, just two assholes fucking each other mm. up. <laughs> like, I want to... I was basically like almost doing play by play because the beginning, the opening sequence is just fucking dope. It's like the forearm kick is changed and then fucking Suggs just, or Suggs just yelling like a fucking beast in his face. I typed out here, Manship, German, both big boots, both go down. They get him three more kicks in the face. It's almost dumb, but it's great. Because <laughs> you know, they did three uh, big boots yeah. to each other in the face in a row. I'm like, why would anyone do that? It's so dumb, but I fucking love it. Yeah. Oh, Fuck yeah. I was at them. They were one of This is one of my favorite matches. Yeah, just balls <laughs> just, to the wall. As Jeremy said, just maximum, he made some exchanges with the forearms of big boots, the forearms of subs versus the big body kicks of Keno. Yeah. Huge. Then it finishes with uh, subs catching a running penalty kick. Then puts Keno into that uh, sleeper, and it's like it yeah. was just one. Crazy and he's he's gotten that sleeper Marvel. over something fierce, like mm. through the tournament too. And that's what I mean by like how good an education process they've they've done with getting this stuff over so well. So then near the end, like we are, it, it just is like paying off all of this build. Um, oh god, yeah. yeah, I loved it from that perspective. I love the the bit on the apron where uh, Keno. Kind of go for a dragon suplex, which logistically won't work because the guy's arm would hit the rope, but whatever. Uh, but then he just said, oh, you know what, fuck it, let's go for the German. And he fucking slams the German, mean as fuck, on the apron. Then yeah. doesn't he follow it up with a huge stomp into the middle of the ring? Yeah, like... that's the one with the kidneys I was talking about. He's yeah. like directly in the motherfucker's kidneys. <laughs> what I thought about the apron spot is 
how relieved I was he didn't actually do a dragon suplex. I'm like, oh, he's just a German. Everything's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have put it past him to do a dragon on that fucking Ooh. apron. Um, I mean, a little backstory for this match for you guys. Um, a, a couple of years ago, Keno uh, Segura was was his kind of mentor, um, at Ooh, least. Noise. Yeah, there's some crumpling going on. Is that you, Ben? Are you enjoying a snack there, Ben? Yeah, I'm having a, a cheese cracker snack. Ooh. <laughs> I got really hungry. Well, well, that is a good snack to be having on a podcast. Mm. <laughs> very, mm. very audible. I like it. <laughs> We're going to start doing ASMR on the show. Ben's going to be like... <laughs> that, that was a really good job of imitating eating a cracker. Eating? Yeah, how did oh, you do man, that? Oh, man, I'm a fully artist. <laughs> Here, listen, it's a horse. <laughs> Blown away. I feel oh. like we should completely get away from wrestling and just focus on, on this for future podcasts. Holy <laughs> an all Foley show. This is, like, a, this is a wrestling podcast, fellas. So, yeah, um, Segura Back is like a mentor to, to Keno. And there was almost like a father-son kind of relationship of like Keno uh, just embracing becoming more of like a an asshole by having a a dad asshole like Segura. It was a great dynamic. And then Ooh. um yeah, so that parlayed into so when Keno was GHC champion during his first ever run with it, only run with it actually, um, and he had a title defense against Segura. He obviously had all of the, the history as a, a headliner for Noah and GHC champion for many, many years. And then the dad defeated the son uh, and actually beat um, beat Keno for the title and then went on to have a, a fantastic run with it for many, many months, almost a year, I believe. So there's quite a bit of a, a heated uh, feud going into this one uh, with uh, basically dad against son in that way. And, uh, yeah, so, again, I was sort of, like, excited from that perspective because that, if you ever want to check that match out where um, Segura beats Keno for the GHC title, I highly recommend it. Very fun. Uh, but, yeah, I knew this was going to be a fucking battle. Um, and it, it really was. I mean, two guys who were, basically, this is going to determine the, um, the, or it could determine the B block uh, winner. Is that right, Ben? Uh, I believe so, yeah. If uh, Keno comes up with a win, puts him to eight points, to me that would look like he'd possibly be winning the block, or at least Well, level. actually, he would, yeah, yeah, yeah potentially be, yeah, be level, depending but... on how the, the next match would go. Yeah. So this is where the maths makes this really interesting when you're looking at the point. You're like, oh, could this guy be still in contention here? Um, yeah, and it was just a fucking great battle. Uh, again, we saw that sweet um, ankle lock kick where Keno just, like, kicks fucking Segura in the, the belly and ribs. Love that one. The solar plexus. Yeah, the solar plexus. Um we saw Sug's bloody. I, I love Sug's running knees. I reckon he's got my favourite running knees in all of wrestling. Oh, 
I mean, Akiyama's probably in contention as well, but I feel like Sugor. Who do you think, Ben? I mean, Kento Miyahara's also got pretty great running knee. I don't know who I'd go uh, with. If it's the Sugor's more of the standing, the high knee, like an Akiyama one, where Kento's more of the the younger Kento type knees, the more the flying where. I'd probably give it this. I like Suggs' one. Suggs' one looks just like painful, mm. which again, when mm. something just looks painful, it, it wins it over for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to put it over Kento Mihara's one, because that is a fucking amazing knee Although, and his timing on it. Which one? The one, I do love the one where he does, the, does it in the corner of the ring, where he mm. sort of jumps up on the rope with one knee and then comes in with a knee and just fucking hits him sweet on the chin. Hmm. I do like, actually, no, actually, no, probably that would be my, my, my favourite one. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. All right, yeah. sorry for the sidebar there, guys. Uh, hopefully yeah. we've got some Kento Miyahara fans in the house. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this was a bloody great, brutal match, um, and it would see uh, Segura fucking edging out Keno, which, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it an upset. I'd say both of these guys are pretty well mm. on the same level. Would you agree with that, Ben? I'd, I'd say so. To me, they are. They're both up there in the, the top three or four guys in the company. Yeah. All in all, yeah. I thought this is one of the yeah. best matches mm. of the entire tournament, really. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't not put it past being the top two or three for me. Yeah, definitely in that top handful. Mm. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Any other thoughts on it? Oh. No, sir. Mm. All right, well, then we get on to something that's been being built up for the last whole bunch of shows. We finally get this Junior Rumble match from this chaotic junior division that just can't oh. stop fucking infighting with one another and chaos spilling out after all sorts of matches. We needed to have this Junior Rumble to just calm everybody down, let everyone get it out of their, their system. Uh, so in this one we had Sushi Katoge, Daisuke Hirata, Hajime Ohara, Hao, Hayata, Junto Miyawaki, Kazayashi, Kataru Suzuki, Neo, Nosawa, Seiki Yoshioka, Tadasuke, Yohei, and Ogawa. Uh, so pretty much all of the factions had some sort of rep- representation in this. Um, and I, like normally... In Japanese wrestling, when you get these like rumble uh, kind of kind of matches, it's almost always <coughs> going to be bad because they just don't give a fuck. They're just like, oh, there's a dumb match, so we'll just make it the dumb match that it is. Um, but this one, it seemed like they really tried, which I appreciated, um, and I, I thought it was very enjoyable to watch. It um, obviously, I thought it was going to go for quite a while, but it um, it, it never felt boring it always had some action mm. going on which i thought was good yeah i thought it was a lot of fun and i thought yo hey was once again a standout for me i fucking love this guy mm-hmm. bit of a yo hey fan over here huh kind of mm. growing on you yo oh yo, i hi. see what you did there very hi. good Now this is definitely I enjoy. It's a nice fun fun little match, and some I like some spots like the the big uh, Tadazuk clothesline there on Junta. Oh yeah, match yep. least 
I'm starting to appreciate his clothesline. Because you were than... just saying on the other show how much you did not like Tadasuke. I know, but I, I do like that clothesline he does at the moment. It's a, it's definitely grown on me since... Because everything else about him really sort of just annoys me, but the clothesline is pretty cool. That, uh... Jeremy, you remember Tadasuke with this sweet blonde hair? Yes, the, sir. The, the guy with the sweet leather jacket? Yes, he's right. Yep. 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 Macho yeah. Man pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he, he did well Ice. for himself in this one. Mm. I mean, Congo is a pretty competitive faction. We've got a lot of really good guys in Congo. And um, to be mm. honest, Tadasuke is probably my least favorite, but he's still yeah. good. Yes. Like, uh, hard to be the coolest. Like, there's so many awesome guys in that group, so it's easy to be the, the bottom tier guy. Not not necessarily disparaging when you got that high level of competition in a faction, but uh, yeah, I I, um, I really liked they they had a lot of little stories that they kind of like wound through this this um, match and like when the the elimination started happening, they started like yeah. uh, hot and heavy. Like you'd get one guy eliminated and then the play off of that, and then another guy gets eliminated right away. I thought the pacing was really good from that perspective. It was, it was how they worked who eliminated who. It sort of played into the storylines that have been going in. So, yeah. And also they had a little rat, old rat tail squabble thing they used to have those matches where the four of them would go up against each other. I think there was a time during the Rumble where all four of them were in the ring and going for it. If I remember correctly. Is this like early on where they sort of had like a sequence yeah, where yeah. all guys kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. That was a fun, fun little spotty sort of sequence that mm. didn't, like, a lot of the time you see guys do that kind of thing, especially, like, on American indie shows, and it's just mm. real clunky. Um, whereas this, like, all the guys were, like, so good to where I thought it um, just came off really, really well. Mm. Yeah, it got to a point where I thought, like, just the Kami guys were going to run house, but surprisingly enough, that didn't happen. So, yeah, it was a lot of... A great story told throughout the match. Hmm. Yeah, so our um, final, as we, as we got down the finishing stretch, uh, we had Howe eliminate Kataru Suzuki. Um, Hayata then eliminated Howe. Uh, then Daisuke Harada eliminated Neo. And then we, we finally got down to Hayata, Daisuke Harada, and uh, Yohei, um, so then Hayata eliminates Daisuke Harada and Yohei, and uh, then Katsushi Katoge gets the, the big win right there in the end. Over Yohei, was it? No, over, over Hayata, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, Hayata kind of gr- has grown on me. I initially wasn't a big fan when I started watching him, but he's he's very good at what he does. Mm. Um, and yeah, I uh, I guess Katoge is has got some momentum now, and uh, we'd assume perhaps he's also in contention for that uh, GHC Junior title pitcher. Would you agree I with think that? I, I just missed that. Sorry, I was I zoned out. <laughs> I <see. laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Did he say he didn't hear you? Or he, sorry, cut out for a second. No, I just wasn't paying attention. 
Yeah, I just, <laughs> I was listening with the, the lights were on, but no one was home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying Katoge is maybe in line for a GHC junior title shot with his impressive win here in the Rumble, perhaps. I'd, I'd, I'd have to, I'd tend to agree with you it would be sensible booking, knowing the way Noah does mm. these things. Uh, mm. All right, but then we, we get into our last two matches of the evening. Again, we've pretty much just got all fire in these um, these N1 victory matches as we go down the finishing stretch. Another big match here with Nakajima <coughs> versus Marafuji. Um, two guys that again on on pretty high points um, at this point. I'm not sure if Marafuji could have won. He, could he? He could have. He could have leveled with Sugura. With Sugura. Yeah. And that would have been interesting because they went to a draw, didn't they? Draw. So I, I don't even know draw. what would have happened there. Because normally it's like the guy who, mm. who got the victory if they're on the same points edges mm. the other guy out. Yeah. So that would have been an it's, interesting it's eventuality. It's also nice that you had uh, Big Daddy Suggs. He was watching from the the back of the... Yeah, they took a brief shot of him. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was and it made sense because he was, he was trying to see whether, yeah. oh, fuck, am I still alive? Is there a chance that mm. I can go into the finals here? Which if... Um, if, if Marafuji got the win, he could potentially have still been alive. So I really mm. like the way they did that. Um, mm. And yeah, Nakajima was on uh, six points. So if he got the victory here, he solidly would have taken the, the whole B block. So everything mm. on the line here. Um, I, I um, again, very excited going into this one. And I was hoping we would get that sort of Marafuji that I was talking about earlier where he's just that little bit extra inspired because it's a big match. It's the, the block finals. And I think we did. I think this was like the exact like top top tier Marafuji that I look forward to seeing. Agreed. This match is dope. Oh, I actually right. didn't, I didn't take a ton of notes uh, because I was so into it. Like I was... <laughs> This is one of the matches I was really excited from the get-go. Uh, one of the things that I didn't actually note is that I think it was Nakajima caught Marafuji with like a huge Uranagi at the yeah, like toward the beginning was, of the match. That was one of my notes. Sweet Uranagi oh by Nakajima. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Yeah, that was fucking shades of Hiroshi Hase over here. No, I really enjoyed it too. With just yeah, like the the huge chops and Marafuji versus the big high body kicks in Nakajima. That's what basically how I see both guys is like Nakajima with just the big brutal kicks and Marafuji with some of the best chops in the business. Yeah, we got uh, then, more of those I, beautiful oh, running kicks of death to the hmm. grounded opponent by Nakajima. One of which. <laughs> Got Marafuji just solidly in the belly, and the crowd was just like, "Ooh!" Also, love those uh, those little kick combos Marafuji does in the corner, or those around the corner kicks or the the high knees. Yeah, just yeah, I remember in this one, this was where like intelligence um, and speed. It's just like, what the fuck? And this this man can do whatever he wants. Yeah, the old JR educated yeah. feet, mm. right? Hmm. Also, uh, the finish with like the, the was it a reverse fish 
He reverses the fisherman suplex with a spike brain buster, gets a two count, and then falls up with another brutal body kick. Yeah, and I, like a I had a special brain. note on this yeah. finish about how good it was. Because, um, like, so I, I wanted to make mention of the the actual, like, story of the match as well, mm. of, like, Marafuji deciding to work the arm over the more obvious mm. thing of, like, working the leg of, right. you know, Nakajima, who's, like, a kicker. So I thought that mm. was, like, an interesting kind of thing because uh, we have seen that so much through the tournament of the guy, like, working over the, the dude's biggest weapon kind of thing. So mm. he's working the arm. Um, I just thought the work through this was just, like, real tight. There were no, like, holes. Like, you could see how great both guys are. Um, and then, yeah, this finish that you were talking about um, where, so Nakajima hit the, the brain buster, but he, like, couldn't capitalise on it. So it was that, like, mm. delay before he could get the finish. Also wanted to mm. make special mention of I love how when Nakajima does this brain buster, he does his, like, signature hand gesture, but he just does it, like, real quick. Not like this fucking fake, elongated, overly showy bullshit that you see a lot of other guys do where they do their pose, like, before they do their fucking finish. Like, I really like that Nakajima just does it quick. Um, and so then he couldn't get the pin off of that. But then, yeah, we had that um, just series of, of gnarly kicks and where the referee was like, oh, shit, is, is he alive? And then, like, mm. Nakajima, like a dickhead, just, like, pushes him out of the way because he really, even though he's, like, pretty well dead already, he just wants to hit him with the uh, the diamond bomb, which was that sweet, like, um, almost like a Death Valley driver combined mm. brain buster, which is just a cool as shit looking move. Oh, God, yeah. Any other thoughts? No. No, sir. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like this was, like, the top tier Marafuji. This is my favorite Marafuji, and I uh, mm. really enjoyed this match. So I was like, oh, shit. Uh, Go and Kaito are going to have to um, have to have a pretty darn great match to, to top this bad boy. Um so our main event is uh, the um, A block. Uh, this one was uh, Kaito uh, against Go Shiyazaki. Uh, so again, these guys have a bit of a backstory. It was actually um, Go Shiyazaki that won the GHC championship off of Kaito on the, the first Korokan show of the year in January in just a, a fantastic match. I still have that as, like, one of my, my favourite matches of the entire year. Mm. So, um, safe to say, pretty lofty expectations going into this one. Uh, I thought the hype video was really great and just captured that, like, Kaito redemption story really well after mm. that devastating loss to, to Muto. Uh, did you guys watch the hype video? I believe so, but... Don't remember. Watched it about two weeks ago, so I don't remember 100% what happened in it. Fair enough. It basically went over, like, Kaito being, like, the the supernova, you know, top ace of the company, and then um, uh, losing the title, and then you sort of, like, see his, his big loss to, to Muto, so he's sort of, like, at a at a point of, of um, you know, needing to come back up. Yeah. And then, yeah, the idea of, like, through the tournament, how he's kind of done that. And after having a bit of a rocky start, yeah. he's, like, really, like, this is his chance to to win the whole thing, or at least win his block. Yeah. So it was great. Um, 
Also, I wanted to make note that I actually was lucky enough to like see these guys wrestle in person in a singles match uh, once before. Uh, back in lucky man. was it that 2017 trip, Ben, where we went to Japan? Did we go 2016 first? I think 2016 and 2017. I can't remember when it was, but yeah. this was the one where um, this was actually Kaito's last match for Noah while he was like still a young boy before he left for his excursion to Canada um, to get like seasoning before he made his big return. And it was just the easily the best match on the show. And you could see even back then, like Kaito was going to be incredible. And really sadly, that was the show where Ben was actually still on the train getting back from the airport while this show was taking place. So you didn't get to oh, go to yes, that one. That's all my... I met you at um, TGI Fridays. Or yeah, yeah, the TGI Fridays dinner? near Corican. Where I had a crazy, a really good burger. Yeah, I think I had like ribs or something. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a nice meal. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> these guys have quite the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just love these guys as opponents. Delightful, delightful server. <laughs> um. I reckon these dudes, like, they're just perfect opponents for one another. Like, they both mm. bring out the best in the other. Um, and, yeah, when this match started, I was just like, you know, like, Go's kind of, like, stare. Like, I reckon he's got, like, one of those presences mm. that's just, like, it's like a special kind of presence, if you know what I, what I mean there. No? All right, then. I, no, I, no. I, I definitely agree. <laughs> we can tear, Chris. Okay. Uh, what what did you guys think about this one? I fucking loved this match. Um, I took a lot of notes for this one. Um, the ending sequence actually got me crazy excited when they got up on the turnbuckle and all the jazz that happened out of that. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I um, had a no. similar... Oh similar um thing of the the finishing sequence um but i i just really liked sort of the build through it and just sort of the back and forth wrestling in the early part of this match as well mm -hmm. like it really reminded right. me of like a like a steamboat flare kind of match where it's just like back and forth really good wrestling for the early part there uh, definitely, I really enjoy this one too. Also, like just little spots like where Hato applies that sleeper hold and then Go does the backdrop and he just won't let go and then charges him, charges him in the ropes and he finally releases him with another backdrop and just little sequences like that. They just, some of the variations you just don't see and they just work so well together. Yeah, the special special note about that headlock because again, that's something else we've seen sort of continue through the all of Ooh. Kaito's matches. Where he just has this headlock where he just won't let go. Yeah, that move that Go does, he, he nailed it on uh, Kitomiya in the uh, previous shows, and I thought it was awesome. I guess it's called the Limit Breaker. I'd never seen it before. It's fucking cool. But yeah, when he goes for it in this match and he just holds on the headlock, that was super fucking rad. Yeah, I loved, um, speaking of these continuing things through these matches as well, like Kaito's deal of sort of like like going head-to-head -head with his opponent's strength. 
So like mm. we we saw that with the Sakuraba match with the technical wrestling, um, and we saw in in this one where Kaito has just gone for these chops with like <laughs> no no chance in hell against like Go's chops, but he just doesn't let it stop him, and I just thought that was admirable. Yeah, the another dope spot I really like is the avalanche brain busters that Go did, where he actually had the power, uh, Kido or Kaido up, like really. I love a good struggle when and the guy still gets the guy mm. up. It look, makes the move look that much cooler. Oh and shit! That was, was that the one that landed like the the inverted, almost like inverted DDT? Yeah, off the, the it was avalanche on the second row. Yeah, fuck that looked nasty. That was um yeah Kaito Kaito hit that one right. Oh no, I'm talking the one that Go did. Yeah, go. Yeah. Go did that one. And... Yeah, he had him in the corner and he was barely getting him up, and he just yeah, did the regular up, yeah. yeah avalanche uh, brainbuster. Oh yeah 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 that one where he sort of like spins with it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, one of my favorite bits was uh, Kaito was like totally out, and like they were gonna count him out, and he had. The arm race to break the fucking ref count was so casual but perfect, and he still looked dead on the mat. But his arm was, his arm went up. He didn't look like he woke up at all, but the arm played along. Yeah, yeah, that was, was so great. perfect. I didn't, I didn't know about that. Um, about because because prior to that, we had um, we had go hit like the the big uh, Gowan lariat. Which is such a great move, like similar, you know, Kabashi's like short arm lariat, um, but he hit it at like a reduced capacity, like he was damaged. And I really like this as like a Noah storytelling kind of thing, where the dude hits his finish, but when you're like sort of damaged at a reduced capacity, like it's not going to get you the win, or when you like, you know, can't actually get the pin for a couple of moments, like we saw in the previous match with um, Nakajima and the the Brainbuster. Uh, but yeah, so we had that, and then we had this that great sequence resulting in um, Go hitting another just like devastating Gowan lariat, and then Kaito just like so barely gets the the shoulder up. I just like popped so good for that. And his eyes were closed too, so it was like just made it even that much better. But yeah, the spot you're talking about, Chris, is like toward the end where they're up in the corner. And then Kaido floats over his back and gets behind him, which, holy crap, how amazing looking was that and the fact that they actually managed to pull it off. And yeah. then he floated over with the reverse DDT. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the yeah, one that, that looked nasty. Insane. Yeah. And then we had... Then um, the, sorry, go murdered on. him with the Tiger Suicide. Like, yeah. That was devastating. Yeah, and prior to that, we sort of got that combo, almost like an emerald flosion type um, reverse DDT that he hit as well. And then we had, yeah, the beautiful uh, Tiger Suplex. Tiger. It was a great fucking finish. It was a match that went for a while, but like it didn't feel like it did. Like, I'm shocked now looking at like the actual time of this match. This match went like 24 minutes, but to me, it felt like 15 minutes or less. Like, it just flew by. I, I loved it. It was so much fun. Like, there were some little, like, flubs through the match. Like, there was something that I remember didn't go quite right, but they, like, covered it really well. Um, and, yeah, just the, so, the back-and-forth well, wrestling. Oh, there you go. 
And so, yeah, we saw Kaito Kiyomi get the big win over Go Shiyazaki, uh, winning him the A block. And also, like we were saying, I assume uh, locking himself in a future GHC uh, championship match. Um, yeah, and it was just, it's great to see the story of Kaito through the tournament. And like we sort of called it early on, it was like a redemption arc. Um, but yeah, like he, he really turned it around after really struggling early on. And now he's in the, the final match of this entire illustrious tournament that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. What an accomplishment. Yes, sir. Big, big, big performance. So this is another one that I'd probably put in that top tier, top handful of like best matches of the of the tournament overall. What do you guys think? Oh, for definitely. No, definitely. I was actually thinking about how good like every show, the last two matches, like every match on the show is pretty strong, but the last two matches on each show have been fucking top notch. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So it's been to such a high level. Um, I don't think... I mean, I expected this whole tournament was going to be, like, great just knowing how good all of the dudes in it are. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's almost, like, even superseded those expectations. So it's just been a real delight to watch, really. And I think I'm going to be fucked for all of the rest of wrestling that I watched, like, trying to live up to this standard. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> How's it been for you, Ben, watching this with the um, with the Champions Carnival and the G1? How do they slot in together? So the Champions Carnival on like the top matches definitely hold up. Mm-hmm. You just don't have the, the depth and the quality. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you always know the M- in the M1, you're not going to get any... G1's got a lot of I'd say, like, WWE, AEW type finishes where it's a little, it's just not a straight finish. Yeah, yeah, you got you your interference of, and your, your bullshit fuck of, finishes. Yeah, so you get a lot of that that just annoys the hell out of me. When, like, here and there, it's fine, but when you get it, like, three times in the one show, it's like, really? Really fucking doing this to me? Yeah. But this, this like, the top matches of the D1 definitely stand up, but across the board, the consistency of, the matches in the M1 for me just far superior. Yeah. I, and, and it's so refreshing. And I think that's what I mean, like, when you're watching a product like this where yeah. if there was, like, a fuck finish in one of these matches, like, we would be up in arms. We'd be like, fucking what is that? Just because of, like, the what what they lead you to expect with their, mm. their booking. So I, I just love, like, that it's not it, – it's taken seriously, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's been a delight to watch, and we've got mm. one show left uh, that we'll be, be covering next time. Uh, yeah, I, I want to take mm. this moment to thank each of you gentlemen for this uh, this journey. We, we've done it. We're, we've almost mm. got to the end here, and it's Ooh. been a real fun time. Definitely great work, fellas. Man, I was kind of bummed out of this whole pandemic i hadn't had an opportunity to cancel any plans i thought we could possibly cancel this podcast and i could really satisfy that need but (laughs) you know what i guess we're following through yeah we're gonna keep our first ever promise in the history of this podcast (laughs) yes 
finally. <laughs> you see, now we've really jigged us up. Something's like the world's going to end or something before we get to record this next one. There's no way this can happen. We should get a bang that shit out early next week. When's, where's the show available? On the Bima or are we going DDT? Oh, it's actually That's lucky because we, we waited this long. Now they've actually put it on the DDT universe, which it wasn't on there, or, or Wrestle Universe, I should say, because um, it wasn't on there when I, when I checked it last time. So, yeah, we're in I luck. I had a hell of a time watching the show on DDT. It kept cutting out for me. I, my internet yeah. seemed to be working fine and everything out, but were you guys having issues at all? If anything, this is weird because I I normally get a lot of bullshit like trying to watch wrestling because I don't think my internet's great. But everything I've watched on DDT Universe has just been absolutely perfect. Yeah, when I had to watch the basically the playlist of shows, it kept on fucking cutting out for me. I it was getting very frustrating. Luckily enough, the wrestling was still good. I didn't mind watching bits of over and over again. Oh well, what are you watching it on? Just watching it on like a computer browser. I tried it both on my browser as well as my uh, on my TV. I have a Fire uh, Amazon Fire TV. Right. So I tried it on both, and they yeah, they're both sucky. But then on a Bima, when I watched the next show, it was fucking it was golden. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could maybe you could potentially watch this on a Bima if you'd prefer. Are we still inside of a week of when it happened, Ben? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. You think we'd be pushing that? Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, well, with that, guys, uh, let's let's close this this puppy down. Um, I'm uh, again very excited for this final show. I don't know what the rest of the card looks like again because I'm trying not to be spoiled or at least put my head into the sand and pretend that I'm not spoiled. Um, but we'll we'll find out next time as we go. I, I'm interested to see what the remainder of the card is because we've really only got one more N1 match to go. Do we? So true. Or perhaps they yeah. we still have more. Oh, that title match that you're talking about. The yeah. Junior one? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I know in a lot of the other ones yeah. you still have N1 matches to, to finish it out. I'm not sure if everyone's already wrestled everybody in their block. Um, yeah. But we know who's won the block. Sure. I don't know. We'll find out. Stay tuned for next next week, fans. Uh, Indeed. Let's, let's get to some plug skis. Um, I'd like to thank, as always, the great guys at Social Suplex for, uh, for making this happen, uh, for giving us those logins to post the show to get it to the places. Uh, check out Social Suplex. A lot of other great podcasts on there, such as One Nation Radio, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, the All Elite Show, and uh, Keeping It Strong Style, uh, as well as various other shows that they may have added in the last two years from when I made this list who knows uh give it a give it a little look-see at socialsuplex.com you know they added a show that just recaps our show oh wow yeah it's the after after show for our show unfortunately (laughs) you guys have to wait for us to actually do a show so their show is less sporadic than ours i feel so bad for those guys yeah, we're fucking him over, unfortunately, but hey, whatever. Uh, you can follow me, at James Vandebeek, at J-I-M-S Vandebeek, and that's on both Twitter and Instagram, if you like looking at funny pictures and reading funny assemblies of words. 
Lovely. Uh, you can find me at Chris Things on the Twitter. I just retweet amusing things, mostly uh, from old WCW involving Mongo. Uh, it was, who knows? Whoa! Whoa, I'm getting cut off by my own show here. At Chris Things also on Instagram. Ben, where are you? <laughs> I don't know whether this is audible at all, but we gotta go! In memory of... It's the key. That was really good, actually.